This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. So the president, uh, Senator Ramaphosa, has signed the electoral amendment bill which clears the path for independent candidates to contest in national and provincial elections. The bill gives uh, effect to a constitutional court judgment that was handed down in, on the 11th of June 2020 and initially gave government uh, two years to make that amendment. The Apex Court declared the Electoral Act unconstitutional to the extent that it requires um, an, un, uh, an adult citizen may be elected to the National Assembly and Provincial Legislature only through their membership of a political party. But the new act still has its critics who believe it does not go far enough in promoting in f- uh, free and fair elections. Let's speak to Lawson Naidu, who's uh, the Executive Secretary of CASA. Good morning and thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Thank you very much, Tabisa. So, I mean, uh, if we uh, loosen, I mean, we, we, where are, what are the major, so what, what do you believe are there still the major shortcomings here? Because I suppose it seems to me that Parliament uh, um, has taken a very narrow interpretation to what the court ruled. And I mean, they will well turn around and say, but we did what we were asked to. Well, um that, that's one way of explaining it to be so, and it's you know there, there's some um, validity to that mm. because I think we do have to go back to the judgment of the Constitutional Court in the New Nation Movement case, and the case was brought on very narrow grounds, yeah. which is to argue that independent candidates should have the right to contest elections at a national and provincial level without having to be members of the of a political party. Mm. That uh, uh, order was granted by the court. Now, what flowed from that is that the only sensible electoral system that can properly and fairly accommodate independent candidates is some kind of constituency system, either a single-member constituency system topped up with the PR list candidates, as was recommended by uh, Minister Mozzoletti's own uh, advisory team headed by Vali Musa, or uh, a multi-member constituency system, as was proposed by the Fancel's Labbard task team 20 years ago. Uh, that would create a, a sort of almost a, a level playing field for independent candidates to contest against political parties. But what Parliament and the Minister have done is to, uh, is to follow what has been called a minimalist route, which is to uh, grudgingly say, we'll allow independent candidates to, uh, to participate uh, but uh, basically, in the, the same electoral system, the uh, PR list system that we have at the moment. So independent candidates are pitted against uh, political parties in a uh, 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 what is called in the legislation a region, which is a province. The province mm. serves as a constituency. And it's clearly entirely unfair that independent candidates must contest against political parties, not, not a member of a political party, as, as happens to happen local government ward level where mm. uh, a, a political party puts up a specific candidate to contest a ward. Here, uh, the, the party puts up a list and the independent candidate must contest against that. Uh, and so it's inherently unfair. Mm. Uh, however, there is some debate as to whether the law is merely bad law or whether it is so bad and so egregious that it is unconstitutional. Mm. Uh, I don't believe that it is necessarily unconstitutional. I do think it is bad law. 
I think that the fact that it is bad law is recognized in the act itself because it makes provision for a electoral reform consultation panel to be established right. to further advise the minister and parliament on a more appropriate electoral system for 2029. What then of uh, its implementation? Because that was something that I know uh, um, had also been flagged as a as a possible, you know, as uh, something that could be uh, create be problematic. Um, and you know, I know that uh, you know where they were saying that, that this might well disrupt the elections. The Inclusive Society Institute had actually called on the president not to sign this into law because of uh, the fears uh, of what it could do in terms of uh, if it was a rush to implement it. Well, you know, <clears throat> the IEC has always said that they need uh, approximately eighteen months to mm. prepare for uh, national and provincial elections. Now they've got less than that. The election has to be held sometime between May and August next year. Uh, But uh, at the beginning of this year, they indicated that they had started making preparations to amend their uh, backroom solutions, their IT uh, systems and so on, uh, to accommodate the proposed system that is now (coughs) in the act that was signed by the president yesterday. So uh, whilst there is a race against the clock, I think the IEC uh, will be able to deliver the, these elections on this system next year, obviously pending any uh, any legal challenges to the constitutionality of the bill, of the act. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. And now, I mean, apart from that, I mean, do you are there any indications of uh, uh, an appetite on the part of uh, National Assembly and Parliament to, to try and pursue, um, uh, you know, further changes to the electoral? Um, act. No, well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, judging by the way Parliament has behaved almost over the last three years since the judgment was handed down in June 2020, um, mm. you know, Parliament uh, did very little. Uh, the Minister of Home Affairs did even less. Uh, even though the judgment was in June 2020, it wasn't until the latter part of 2021, almost 15 months after the judgment when Parliament had been given a 24-month deadline, Mm -hmm. that the minister first introduced a bill to Parliament, uh, the flawed bill that has now been signed by the president. So uh, Parliament has not acted with the urgency that is required. And in the first uh, application to the Concord for an extension, the court was very critical of the manner in which both the minister and Parliament had behaved. All right. Dawson, as always, thank you so much uh, for talking to us. Appreciate it. Thanks, DT. Executive Secretary there of CASEC, uh, the Council for the Advancement of the South African Constitution. We'll get the thoughts there of uh, Build One South Africa spokesperson in a moment. Engaging and informative. Power Breakfast with TT on Power 98.7. Well, Mudzuli Rakibani of Build One South Africa was uh, listening in on that conversation that we had with uh, Lawson Naidu around the signing in of this electoral amendment bill. Uh, thank you very much uh, for joining us this morning. Uh, let's get your take uh, on uh, the decision for the president to have signed this uh, act, uh, the bill into law now. Yeah, good morning. Um, It's unfortunate that the president um, signed this version of the bill. Um, As Lawson would have uh, mentioned earlier, there's a number of civil society organizations and parties who've been working over the last uh, two and a half, three years to try not just to meet the absolute bare minimum threshold, but to put into place a system that is generally better for our democracy, but also one that doesn't put um, unnecessary areas, uh, rather 
barriers of entry to independent candidates. Um, those inputs seem to have fallen on deaf ears, and we have the act that we have now. What do you propose? Do you reckon this will be, I mean, from your point of view, something you will be, you know, take, uh, take forward via the courts? Yeah, I mean, because so, we were just, I don't know whether you heard what Lawson Naidu was saying. He believes that it may be bad law, but that does not necessarily make it unconstitutional. Yeah, um, and we, we've had these debates, but I think there's some inherent um, issues that we have to deal with. And I'll use one example. So if I was a candidate and I stood in what the Act allows me to do is to stand in multiple provinces. So I'm from the Western Cape and I'm going to put my name on the ballot in the Western Cape, in the Northern Cape, and I have some sort of base in Gauteng. Now, I need to make a threshold of 20,000 votes in one of those provinces. I only meet uh, 18,000 votes across three provinces. So as an independent candidate, this act doesn't allow me to aggregate all of those votes nationally. So not only do I not get a seat, even though I've gotten over 20,000 votes nationally, but all of those votes that were made towards me are discarded. They do not count for the end result of what the composition of those provincial legislatures or, uh, or rather the National Assembly will look like. And there has to be something inherent that tells you that that's wrong, especially in a country where people literally died for everyone's vote to count equally um, and to make sure that that vote counts in the co- final composition of parliament. So it's things like that where we feel like it's just slightly above bad law, but it actually violates the very yeah. values um, and the spirit and the purport of the constitution. Mazula Rakivani of Build One South Africa, thank you so much for talking to us. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.